I actually had a six pack of Modelo while in, in California for the weekend. Um, it's a it's a solid beer. I was happy with it. Light Mexican beers are they are they are prime time. It feels like delicious. Yeah, delicious. Modelo, Pacifico, Corona. Corona, Corona. There's also just something that gets unlocked when you incorporate a lime. Welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome, welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer. We're going to be talking life, playing games, playing mind games. we got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at Footy Fellas Pod, F-O-O-T-Y Fellas Pod. When's the last time you've been to the tracks? I've never been. You've never been? I've never been to a... I don't think, I don't think I've ever been to a track, no, like a horse or a dog, a corgi, <laughs> I've, none of them. Well, you just were. Wow. I just transported you because footy is back in full swing. We are racing, racing towards game week four in most major leagues around the world. We got EPL. We got FA Cup that just started up. We got old dogs learning new tricks. Little Messi, little Ronaldo. We got MLS Rivalry Week that just finished up and the Champions League draw. So a lot to talk about that's now underway. Out of the gates, we should say. Horse racing, icy. Yes, no, ever. No, my brother, yes, me, no. Um, I think it would be a good time. Get a little, little uh, you know, for those who like it, Foffs, ignore this little gambling side, get it out there, and then come back home. It's a regular, you know, dollar bets. That's that's all we do. You come back home completely broke. Your clothes are gone because you had to bet those once uh, <laughs> race to the finish didn't come in third like you predicted. Mm-hmm. And Carnival Ride flubbed it at the end. Yep. And you had the trifecta of Carnival Ride, uh, <laughs> Spice No More, and Race to the Finish, and you would have made a million dollars, but instead you lost your clothes. Are we That's... going in on horses? Are we going to get a horse? <laughs> Are we getting a footy fella horse? For purchase? Yeah. We're going to get a stable? If we hit a million foffs, yep, yes, we are. Nice. We're getting a horse. Okay. Hey, that's a legit joint community goal. Mm-hmm. That's something we all can work towards. Get us a horse. Get <laughs> yourself a horse. Getting you joining, you help us help you get a horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it needs a, needs a pun. If like, we get a horse, 100% we're entering it in the dressage competition in the Olympics. Oh, so we're not doing speed. We're doing no. We're finesse. going for flair, finesse, and flair. Nice dancing. Nice a dancing horse. <laughs> so we're getting a dancing horse. Yeah, is that not the name of our bar? The dancing horse. <laughs> it is. It's the prancing pony. Prancing pony, Lord of the Rings. I got excited there, looking at FA Cup, FA Cup results that we will be talking about. And I was thinking, just off off the top, what if we hit a million followers and then just create a foff? FA Cup team, and we enter in the tournament. We say we're from small countryside town, England. We join FA Cup. Our goal is to win a single game. That's it. Can we do it? Is that even possible to do? Do we know? That's like the beginning of the YouTube video about how we got into this whole crazy endeavor. How to join the FA Cup in (laughs) two hours. Right. Let me tell you how I got here. Right. 
how complex do you think? What type of paperwork do you it's need? It's a journey I want to go on with you, I see. That's an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. It's what Hashtag United did. Who started Have you heard of them? No. It's a, They started as a YouTube channel. They were playing pickup, 5v5, 6v6. Then it grew and grew. And this is in like 2014, 15 when YouTube was still, if you were really putting in work on YouTube, you could grow because there weren't as many popular channels. And they started touring around the world in competitions, uh, not competitions, but just like playing pickup for YouTube videos to get millions of views, but they'd play against other famous older footballers or celebrities or things like that. The channel racked up a ton of views. The guy that started it, Spencer something, I forget his last name, then started this club, Hashtag United, because the theme of the channel was like hashtag, like the the word hashtag. And the club is a legit club. Now they're like four years into it or something, and they play in the FA Cup. They had an FA Cup run last year, and they're in like division. They were in division nine in England. Now they're in division eight, I believe, or seven. Um, but they had an FA Cup run last year where they won like three games, and it's all on YouTube, and it's epic. Wow. So the That's answer is yes. Yeah, yes. That's tight. So maybe we join FA hashtag United. We join their squad, maybe as reserves. Hmm. Could be tough. I think some of those guys are, are pretty decent now. They're a pretty decent club. But, <laughs> but, but the, like, why not? Hey, we can't. I'm not saying no. What would we, it would be exciting to start our own. What would we, would we call it? Is it just Footy Fellas or is it some other name? Footy FC. Fellas FC. FFFC. <laughs> we never, and we never define the Fs. We never define them. It's just always just Fs. What does it stand for? I don't know. The triple FC, the triple FC. That's not bad. It's like a little, you know, NAA or NCAA, triple FC, <laughs> NAACP. Right. It's like all your favorite acronyms. It's like best sports <laughs> leagues out there. SEC, FDA. How about I? How about I read off a list that I didn't know we were going to go down this this path, but I do happen to have a list of some of the top names from the FA Cup preliminary rounds, which have already happened. So why don't I read some of these names? We'll do word association. I read the name. You tell me pretty quickly. We can just go Jones, Icy, what that brings to mind. How does that sound? Perfect. Deal. First team name. Just going to rattle these off. Quick quick hit. What's this, what this brings to your mind. Ready for it. First team, FA Cup preliminary round. New Salamis. Uh, I am thinking of a just delicious, all right, delicious salami sandwich. It's got white bread. It's got salad. It's got, you know, some lettuce, salami, little tomato, and, uh, and a little mayo on it, probably. Delicious. Red Car United. Ferrari. Nice Italian Ferrari. Zipping down the street. Crooktown. Crooktown. <clears throat> I feel, I, uh, I thought of a door hinge. I thought of a door slightly ajar. Mm, that's <laughs> spicy. Some good ASMR. AFC Liverpool. Whoa, a little blend of AFC Bournemouth and the squad Liverpool together to create this wonderful mishmash of black and red colors (laughs) spliced everywhere. Hereford Lads Club. Hereford Lads Club. Okay, so it's a, uh, it's a. In my head, I just see like this, this thin little white boy with, um, like you know, he's got a school uniform on and shorts are just really short, like really short shorts. White Church Airport. White Church Airport. 
Just listing locations. No, these are all teams. <laughs> uh, church on a on a on the tarmac. First thing that comes to mind, just the sitting there on the tarmac, and the planes have to dodge it. <laughs> Looking for some some holy goals. Uh, Tooting and Mitchum United. Tooting and Mitchum United. Yeah. I just thought of like two people pointing at each other. <laughs> I don't know what. Not like the the Spider Man meme. Just two people, just like like it's me tooting and this guy meeting. And they're pointing at each other. Like it's our team. All right, last one. Ice mouse hole. Mouse that's, hole. That's it. Yeah, one word. All one word. <laughs> I'm sure it's like mousehole or something. <laughs> the big Chuck E. Cheese rat mouse uh, costume person staring at you <laughs> creepily. That's their logo. So anyways, that just gives you a taste of all the teams that could make it far in the FA Cup that pretty much guaranteed will not, but very exciting at how many teams are involved, which we talked about when we talked about the FA Cup last year. But any any results you want to uh, call out, Icy, from, from more notable teams, perhaps? You know, um, not off the bat, but let's take a looky here. Um, ooh, we got South Park in the mix. I wonder if um, Cartman got a goal. Uh, let's see here. You know, there are so many teams. I don't even recognize anyone. I'm looking at a hundred different teams. I don't recognize a single one. We're still early on. You know, the the big win. Our, uh, our one of our fellows on the trip was pretty excited that Arsenal won their game against West Brom six nil. That was a a boost for Arsenal, even though they proceeded to then get get crushed by City. Oh, the Arsenal team, the actual played. Arsenal already. Yeah. I'm oh, surprised wow. you guys didn't bring up the the Flackwell Heath thrashing of <laughs> Tuffley Rovers six zero on the twenty fourth. Oh my god, that's a huge upset! Oh my god, there is no information about like a box score or anything <laughs> when I go on Google. I do know it was played at Wilkes Park though. Let me tell you guys about Tilbury's really massive victory over North Greenford United. 7-0, just massive. I think Tilbury had a 16- and a 15-year-old playing. Just utterly wild. Were you at the game? No, I was getting... uh, I got an an aunt and uncle that live out there who are in their 70s, and they attend all the Tilbury games. Mm. Yeah, they they were FaceTiming me at the game. And they said, look at this 15 and 16-year-old. Yeah, they, I was looking at their ear the whole time because they don't really understand how it works. But um, uh, yeah, they I think they, were, they might have been confused with the concession stands. I'm not even sure what they were. But Tilbury, massive win. Massive win. Plenty more FA Cup to go. So we'll, we'll have to track it a bit. Right now, it's a lot of teams you don't know, which could be fun. Fun to, to look at the team names, but in terms of Teams will make it far. It's probably worth picking this up again in a couple weeks when we move past the preliminary rounds. But EPL, there's a couple teams we know. Matchup we know. Liverpool-Chelsea that we all tuned into. Icy's Liverpool. The streaking Chelsea right now looking on fire. And what a game it was. What a back-and-forth affair. Yeah, really fun first half. Thought that was, you know, game of the season uh, first half-wise. That was starting to be the best game I've seen so far. And then second half was just Liverpool at their finest in terms of not creative, 
and Chelsea parking the bus. Chelsea's defense and Mendy did a good job. I don't think Liverpool generated enough offense to really put them under under too much pressure. And I think to myself in these matches, you know, if you want to win the league, you have to compare yourself to City. They're the best of the best right now. You have to just City would have put in three goals with a one man advantage. And it just bums me out that they couldn't get a single single goal in and win the game, get the three points. And I don't know what I don't have a cure. Klopp knows. Klopp, he can figure it out, but they they need something else. I think that, I, okay, first, just diagnosis off the bat. When you compare City to Liverpool, I think City has such better wing attack, wing players, where they can actually take someone on. Trent Alexander does not take people on, and nor should he. He does not have the skill. Robertson has speed. Yes, he could he could blow by you, and he did a couple times. And him and Mane weren't really connecting too much. And they're just, City does the angles. They read angles a lot better than what Liverpool could do. Um, there's a lot of work for Liverpool, for sure. It's fair analysis. I was saying the same thing to Jones about Trent, that of course he's a great player. He's a, you know, he's a fine defender. When his, his signature crosses aren't on, like his whipped, curling, diving crosses aren't on, which they weren't all game. The corners were poor. Most crosses. He had one nice uh, through ball on a give and go to someone with the outside of his right foot, but his, his crosses were off and he's just not a one on one player. So they were they were yeah. missing that element. You know, it's it's I, I find it interesting that that we're we're critiquing like the ability of Robertson and Trent to be effective. You know, it it, it feels like, you know, just last year, two years ago, whatever they were, you know, merciless. Um, and they still are like, you're still guaranteed so many points by playing with those two guys on your team. Um, and the one thing they're missing is taking on guys. It's like, huh, you're expecting your right back and your left back to have a better one-on-one offensive capability. And if you don't, then you're like underperforming crazy, crazy. The times we're living in, I feel like, uh, uh, do, do you have thought on that? It's high standards. I think the reason is because of how often they find themselves in those mm. positions. Like if if they played similar to other teams where they weren't the ones picking up the ball in that right corner so often, or the team wasn't like spraying it out to them, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. I also wonder um, the impact if they lose a ball one on one, going one on one versus someone else in the team. You know, it just are they that much more out of position then, and so they have to they sure. they, they just strategically have to not take people on. Um, or just rely on their speed, you know, just to blow by people. Um, I thought the Firmino sub in the first half, but that was kind of like a a good sign of like what was wrong with Liverpool to an extent. And you can also argue in the first half, nothing like it was, they weren't doing a lot wrong. Like they were doing a lot right. They were dangerous. They were mixing a box up. Uh, I think there was a clearance off the line, if I'm not mistaken, prior to the handball. Um, they were definitely creating things. It just seems like maybe Firmino is not the guy anymore and that Jota needed to, to be in there from the beginning to kind of put something in. Yeah, Jota definitely has the spark of energy that they need, and he, he's much more direct in my in, in my opinion, um, where he'll just dribble, dribble and take defenders on. Also, shout out to Harvey Elliott, the 18-year-old. I think he's fantastic. I love him. Um, He's great on the wing. He he is like Jota, quick and he he is very direct. He doesn't really dance around. Um, he had some 
you know, he's young and he may, he, he could have done some things a little better, but I mean, he looked really good. I like him out there. I think, why don't they just do Jota, Mane, Salah as the top three forwards and just sit for me, as the nine. I don't know. Maybe they've tried it. Maybe it just can, it clutters up the top, but seems like they can still get Firmino in the action and have Fabinho and maybe Harvey Elliott as that three. Henderson, don't even get me started on that, man. Good God. I can't even believe I just am thinking of this now. I was furious with that man in the beginning, first half. I think he was fine second half. I don't even know. I mean, of course you're fine in the second half. You had the whole ball the whole time as Liverpool. It's just, Henderson was atrocious. I thought he should have get, gotten taken off immediately. The fact that he gets the captain armband ticks me off. I I'm done with this man. I, you know, people see him as like folklore. He works hard, but when you make these careless errors like he did in the in the beginning, get out of here, dude. Get. We have no time for this. We're trying to win the league. We're we're trying to get first, dude. You got to get out. You talk to the talk to Harvey Elliott. You motivate him from the sideline. But sorry, dude, you're not getting the tick you used to get. And I have no shame in, in benching this man. Thanks for, I see. Okay. Thanks for dialing into Liverpool, you know, 702 the drive where we're 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 talking about the game. We got IC calling in from from Minnesota. That was great. Candid thought. That was a great Speak rant. Speak your truth. That yeah. was huge. Chelsea played well. Chelsea in the first half. I mean, the, the Havertz header was kind of a tough header. Who knows? I assume that was intention to flick it towards the back corner of right. the goal. Right. A little bit of luck there, but nice header. You forget how tall he is. Because he's a he's a skilled skilled forward player, mm-hmm. um, but he's really tall and lanky. So that header was pretty nice. And then the Reese James red card, we were going back and forth, but it's tough once you see it in slow motion. What people were were pissed about on our end, the group we were watching with, was that the ref went over to to the VAR screen for like two seconds mm-hmm. and apparently only looked at a still. And I think this is what Tim Howard was talking about also at halftime. He was saying, look. It could be a red card, but if you're going to go over, if you're going to call a VAR check and then go over to the screen, you got to watch the video because it's tough to tell from the still. Yes, it, it obviously hit his hand, but it came off his knee. I think it would have been a red anyways and a PK because his arm kind of jerked forward, even though it was a instinctual movement perhaps, but that's the one piece people were, were frustrated about. But see, it seems fair. End of the day, seemed like a, a fine red card. I Agreed. Agreed. Uh, sentiment I saw heavy on Twitter was was very much the um, the argument of like awarding the PK in and of itself is pr- practically giving them a goal. Then giving a red card on top of that is you know pretty much saying okay game over you know good luck holding on. Um, it, it just it like which they did which they which did they and and it was it was very much just a like you know all right like this is going to decide the game right here. And why not just give the PK, give a yellow, and kind of keep it going? But letter of the law, you can't argue with it. I agree with you guys on um, on the handball. I thought it was harsh, but given where it was on the field, on the goal line, I think it it's the rule book says, yep, that's that's just got to be given. Harsh, but it was a fair play. If it were if that handball happened anywhere else on the field, not a red. I mean, obviously. So. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk. Uh... Golden Boot, basically winners already. Mikel Antonio, the, that, that's it for the, the discussion. We'll, we'll talk about Antonio, but that's the, the one person in the race I wanted to talk about at this point because he's been unreal. And he showed flashes of this in past seasons, especially 
two years ago, last year or two years ago, when they needed to stay up and he went on a tear in the last seven or eight games where they won four or five of them and he scored five goals or six goals and had that legendary interview that we loved watching. He's just been so good. He's been so good this year in West Ham, even though they're leaking a lot of goals at the other end. So yes, they've won they've won uh two of their games or one of their games? I think two. I they think must they, have won two and yeah. then drew this week. Yeah. They were like but, top of the table. Yeah. What do we think of Antonio? Is this gonna continue? He gets injured very easily, uh, is is his MO from past season. So it's hard to believe that that he can. Um and then, you know, it's also he's playing on a team like West Ham where they don't have as many weapons. So when he's when they start stepping up against big six teams who can lock him down with one man, maybe two, then what? You know, and that's even if they have the ball, if they're able to counter, maybe they can. But it feels like the easy money is on. No, but let's dream. Let's say he breaks 30 this year. Yeah, why not? He's on my <laughs> 30 goals. Team. I'll take it. Wow. 30. Yeah. yeah, you heard it here first. 30. He's gonna, he's gonna I think uh, Antonio obviously reminds you of Adame Traore, right? They have a similar build. It's like, where are these? Where's this body build <laughs> coming from? I've never seen soccer players of this type of build, but it's working for Antonio. Not much so Traore at the moment. Uh, Wolves, are, Wolves are struggling. We can get to that later. Um, but West Ham, yeah, they're legit. And uh, I hope Antonio keeps up his form. And the team itself, it's not just him. It's, it's the entire team comes together and they're, they're very, a very good squad. I mean, the goal Antonio scored against whoever they played Newcastle this last week, beautiful. There's a beautiful little give and go in the box where you thought the play was dead and he just, they just know each other really well. They're playing like a cohesive unit right now. It's, it's fun. They're fun to watch. They're fun to watch. And uh, we won't, we won't harp on the Man City Arsenal game, 5 0. I think Arsenal fans are already taking enough flax. So let's just move past that. And, uh, Maybe talk about Man U Wolves last. Since we watched that game this morning, we have a Man U supporter with us. Icy just mentioned Wolves. I uh, I was uh, fortunately in the bathroom for the first couple minutes of the the game, where I missed an onslaught of Wolf chances. Um, Eli, were you watching the game at that time? Yep. What? How were you feeling when you were watching those those moments? It was accurate. It felt like right. Not right from the beginning, but after a full half of of Wolves not scoring with all the chances they had and dominating the first half, it felt like it was going to finish one nil. Mm. United, United, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it as the game started going on, and and I'll say something you have to call out is Triore was balling today. He was he was the best player in the field by far. He literally far. like yeah. uh, Fred unfortunately found himself one on one with him a lot, <laughs> and whenever that happened, it was it was Fred. Fred is already a very he's a lightweight kind of guy. He's he's you know goes for the ball, but Triore, all he has to do is kind of push him, and then he's already like running by him. He's already got four yards. He hasn't even taken a step just by putting his arm in the way. He's already fully passed him. It was very impressive, um, but. I had flashbacks to last year. I don't know. I remember if you guys remember this at all, but um, Wolves and United were playing. It was at United. It was zero zero, and um, United. You know, it was like the ninety third minute, ninety fourth. They hit a ball over the top. Rashford ran in, took it back, cut it once. He was then took it back to the top of the box, shot it, hook, took a horrible deflection off like size or something. <laughs> And then like trickled in past the goalie and they celebrated and everyone's like that, you know, United had no business winning that game. It kind of felt like a similar ish result. The only difference here was, you know, 
yeah, United took some crappy shots and one of them happened to go in. Um, I think about people who are, so my end, my end feeling, I'm not jumping to conclusions. I think a lot of people are saying Ole clearly getting out coached again, showing that he can't put a cohesive offensive pattern together for an effective performance. Um, he's got, he got Sancho and Varane starting Cavani subbed in no Rashford just yet, but it seems like some things are kind of coming together. You don't have that many excuses yet. Um, left, should I say, um, but I mean, those, those are the games you got to grind out. So end of the day, I'm not going to look at it. I just look at the result. I'm going to move on. Head nod, move on. Yeah. There was, there was a moment, um, just going back to Adamo Traore, where he, he had, it was him versus Juan Bissaka on that left side. And Adame cut into the middle. And Juan Bissaka, is very, he's a very good defender. You, you like him a lot, Jones, so I keep my eye on him. And, you know, they were, they were right side by side. Juan Bissaka was keeping up with him. Traore just stiff-armed him a little bit and sort of like pushed, like kind of like pushed him into the ground. And Wambasaka at that point, because he, 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 as a defender, and he's very good going to, to ground, um, he tried to, you know, swing his leg to uh, nick the ball out. And Traore, yeah, just stiff-armed and touched it by him. And I was like, wow, doing that to Wambasaka is, uh, that's, that's a legit move right there. And yeah, I think he took it in and, you know, Wolves ended up botching whatever opportunity that they had. But, you know, Connor Cody, there was a moment also when they had all these corners. Wolves were just getting all these corners, and you could see him saying, we have to score. And it was like the 40th minute. And, you know, when you keep a, a top six team around uh, at a tie game, I, I had the same feeling you guys had. It was going to be a United pulling it out because Wolves kept a minute too long. That's what happens. The De Gea double save? Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. That was bananas. The uh the classic that that feels like if there's anything that is really vintage De Gea other than him giving up some squib shot from like 30 yards out that somehow he like can't see it. It's the it's the double save on the line where miraculously the other team you know, like it's a question of is he that good or did they just hit it that close to him that he just happened to block it? Because when they played Arsenal like three years ago, that was a huge thing where he had like 14 saves or something and they were all just kind of just at him. And in that scenario too, it was like, yeah, you know what? That feels like on brand for De Gea. You know, he's right place, right time. The second save I thought was, I mean, that was like that was class, save. right? Yeah, that was, that was pretty unreal. But that was the moment I think when Wolves fans were like, all right, not our game. <laughs> So when they turned off the TV. Yeah. Yeah. The Arsenal fans that were leaving, I was watching with Ivan. It was an early morning game and the Arsenal fans that walked out uh, like 14 minutes in when it was two nil, that just hurt. Or maybe after they got the red card and it was two nil. That was tough. That's really tough to watch them walk out of the stadium. We're going to get to our next segment, which is old dogs learning new tricks. Talk about Ronaldo to Man U. So we can talk about Man U for a little more yes. since we haven't hit them enough. Yes. <laughs> uh, and Messi to PSG, the two big dogs. But first, we're going to take a quick stretch break so that you can stretch, relax, and stand up, move around. We'll be right back. While you're taking a moment to stretch your body and your mind, Listen to our words of affirmation and our helpful stretches to help you ease into you. 
hope. Now, as you're thinking of the word hope, get down into the butterfly position and stretch your hamstrings or your quads. You know, that muscle. Is it groins? It might be groins too. Groin, it's groin. <laughs> if you're on the train, still do the butterfly. Get your feet up on the, yep, get your feet up on the chair. There's a person next to you. Just explain this is what's going on. Now fly away. Fly gently up to the train ceiling. And when the door opens, escape out that door. You're doing great. Keep it up. Don't forget to breathe. Breathe harder. Is that all you got? Keep going. Now breathe out if you've been holding it in. And breathe in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. Now stare across from you at the passenger sitting across from you. <laughs> Say, hi, Gary. Where's my money? Where's my... <laughs> Where's my money, Gary? I mean it. You said last. <laughs> I mean it, Gary. You said you'd have it last week. I do know where you work. That's to keep on saying what we're saying. We didn't say breathe, though, so don't be breathing. You shouldn't be breathing. All that should all be on one exhale. Hey, Gary, that looks like a new briefcase. Hmm, I wonder when you got that. Gary, what, why aren't you listening to Footy Fellas? Episode 76? Yeah, that's what I'm listening to. Yeah, the breathing exercise. This is great. Are you comfortable right now, Gary? And one final exhale and beautiful. Thanks for stretching. Okay, Ronaldo and Messi. What a harsh transition. <laughs> 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 if someone listened to all of that, it ended up being at least three minutes. Yeah. So you could bookmark it, save it if you ever want to come back to it for another nice meditation slash stretch. Um, uh, what do you want to start on? I guess Messi happened first. Messi happened first. Ronaldo is the, the bigger, more recent news, but Messi happened first. And he, he played today. He didn't start, but he played for PSG because we've, we've talked in length about Messi going to PSG. The bigger update he played for PSG today, didn't score, came on as a sub, didn't start. Um, but Max and I just watched the last 20 minutes of his first appearance because it felt like a big moment. And it was very, like, fine. I think it was fine. It's probably part and parcel because of 
the uh, crappy stream that made it look like we were watching it through a potato, but Messi, here's my thought. A couple thoughts watching Messi play. One, uh, just top of the dome. Um, he's pretty short. Two, he's got some quads on him. Three, whoa, I like the shorts that he's got out of those quads. Four, oh, the jerseys in total are actually kind of nice. I could cop some of those. Five, oh, there's Mbappe. How long is he going to be on this team? I think those are all my thoughts. I love the thought process. Um, no, but I think you, you touch on a, an interesting point in that Messi's gotten a lot, brought PSG more attention than they already had as being the arguably biggest team in, in Ligue 1. And a lot of sales. Those jerseys are nice. You know, you start looking at them a little differently when that name on the back says Messi with number 30. Am I thinking about it myself? Maybe I am, and those shorts are nice. They <laughs> and also speaking of nice jerseys, United today with their away jerseys. Those are those are pretty nice. I don't understand when they go blue. If that like, if diehard fans feel a certain way about that, if it if it irks them, but uh, they were nice. I did like them. I could spend a whole segment talking about United jerseys if we want. I'd say that for later though. My, my one thought with Messi, which we were starting to see already, probably because it was his first game, they were trying to get him a goal, Mbappe especially, they're already looking to Messi like he needs to be on the end of every ball into the box. He needs to be the um, outpost through the, through the middle that defenders need to find. And I think that's going to lead them into bad places, PSG. They're a big enough club. They have enough good players where... They can't be treating him like that, like Barcelona has, because that obviously brought Barcelona a lot of issues, I think, towards the end where it stunted their growth and their potential. So I hope they'll figure out a good balance. I think it was a first game type of thing. Let's find Messi. Let's get him a goal, get him an assist, let him dribble. Um, But I love to see that he still works on the defensive end. He is, I mean, he's the best player of all time for a reason. He's super all-around, well-rounded player. And if Mbappe leaves, he'll have a greater role to play. And will need to be the superstar he is. If Mbappe stays, he probably suits the team best if he can fade a bit into the mold of the team, which is impossible to do as Messi, but as much as he can do that. Yeah. And and in a nice transition, watching him today made me a little worried about what Ronaldo might look like playing on United. In that, yes, maybe it just takes a little time for Messi to, you know, rev himself up. Um, and hit, you know, first gear, but I couldn't help but think, or what I'm watching here is like a guy who's in like his mid thirties who just transitioned to like the first non, you know, Barcelona squad he's ever played on, like getting over that and just everything changing all at once. I don't know if he's going to, I don't know. I think Zlatan, Zlatan and his, you know, is his kind of flourishing as he's gotten older and his ability to just go from team to team and just have an impact. I don't think that's just how people can do stuff. I think shifting from another team and another league is just going to be really difficult. And so my point being here, Ronaldo coming back to the Prem is going to be a totally different pace than playing in Italy for the past couple of years, let alone playing in La Liga, where again, the Prem is more physical, it's faster. And, you know, he's going to be playing like, most likely center forward. He's going to be right in the middle of things. Um, so I, I it's exciting. Let, let's talk about this. You know, most liked post on Twitter and Instagram for his announcement, which is 
I mean, of course. I mean, it's the biggest club in the world. What do you expect? <laughs> um, uh, so that was mind blowing. I I think we were all a little bit shocked when we were getting those notifications in the morning saying, you know, curveball. You know, he's not actually signing for City. He's signing for United. That was a whole thing. That was a whole experience. Um, but ultimately, we won't know what his impact is until he's on the field, until he's playing. I think a lot of arguments that he stunts the growth of guys like Greenwood or Sancho, these younger guys who he might get ahead of them. Greenwood's pretty hot. I don't know if you can do that right now. Um, but um, exciting. I, I, I mean, as non-United fans, is it not exciting for you guys to see Cristiano come into the into the league on, you know, albeit United, but, or is it like an eye roll situation? No, it, it, it is exciting. Definitely. As someone who sees Man United as a rival, it, it's, it's worrying. Um, adding another caliber, another player like that to an already pretty good team uh, is, is scary, but it's going to be fun for the league. Um, the league's already massive, but it's just, it's, it's Ronaldo, you know, he is one or two best player in the, in the world. Um, and it's going to be fun. Everyone's going to, there's going to be a lot of, a lot more buzz around every United game. There already, it has been, but it's going to be even more. Uh, and I am very excited that he did not go to the other Manchester team because they already are stacked and I dislike them more than I dislike United. So, um, he picked the right Manchester, and it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. There's got to be some level of nostalgia that I can't speak to. I wasn't even watching the Premier League when he was on United the first go-round when he was the best player in the world at that young of an age. So I can't speak to that. I'd love to hear that from you. Give you another minute on Ronaldo to, to round us off here, what what that means to your to younger Jones's self. I had I had two um, thoughts slash feelings when I was seeing the news that you know he was likely coming to United that morning. The first, the cynic in me thought, "Oh no, this is another United trying to beat City to a signature." It's what we did with Fred. It's what we did with Alexis Sanchez, and those two, you know, one more so than the other, just kind of failed and looked pretty poorly. So that was my gut reaction. Then my second reaction was like, "Whoa." Actually, imagine Ronaldo back in United. Imagine him actually playing again. What what does that make you feel? And that was that he was the reason I fell in love with United. He was the dude, you know, in like 2006 or something who was busting out all of these exciting tricks and uh, was so dynamic and direct and just so much fun that it didn't matter <clears throat> if United necessarily won the game. You just want to see that Ronaldo guy pick up the ball in the middle of the field and bring it forward because he didn't know what he was going to do with it. He made you get out of your feet. And so him coming back into the side now, I mean, he's going to have so many standing ovations. You know, I'm sure he's going to make some substitute appearances, if not some starts at Old Trafford. Um, And he's, I mean, he's going to score a goal. That's kind of what you get with this guy. Um, So that's, it's, it's just really, yeah, no, it's really awesome to go back to that time it would tarnish it a little bit if he comes back and somehow finds a way to tank the team. But I don't think he can do that all by himself. That's going to be Ole. So good, good for him. It's exciting. I love it. It's undeniably exciting. I'm so between FPL talking with you guys, beginning of the season buzz. I'm just so excited for the premier league every weekend nice. and following news throughout the week, making, setting my FPL lineups, looking at possible transfers. 
chatting with you guys about it in our group chat and on the pod. Like, it's just so exciting right now. And I know we were kind of here last year, probably because we hadn't had EPL in a while when there was the, the break over the pandemic. This was the, the level of excitement it felt coming back. So I'm curious how long this will be sustained, but it's really exciting right now. And players like Ronaldo just bump that up. Yeah, definitely. Quick question for you both, Lukaku or Ronaldo? Who has the better season? Lukaku. Yeah, you feel like it's an easy one? I um, Better season stats-wise or correct. impact to the team or stats-wise? I think Lukaku. That feels, that feels like the right choice, objectively easy choice. I will play devil's advocate and say Lukaku's inability to make a big difference or make the right choices in the Liverpool game we can either say it's just hey it's still him warming up to the league again getting getting back in the in the rhythm of things or you could say like what i felt was hey like oh lukaku's kind of looking like the lukaku of old you know doesn't have the finesse that he necessarily needs he's big body yeah that's great maybe he'll help dominate against games like burnley and and other kind of lower level teams but um and that's where he can get his goals and where he'll make the difference against ronaldo but i wonder if he might hit a point where he goes back to his United days. And then, you know, Ronaldo, if he goes back to his United days, I mean, <laughs> totally different story. It's a good question. Do you have a, a POV ice? Uh, I personally think Lukaku. Um, I've actually just shout out to Fof, Minnesota Fof, Patrick. Uh, I'll, I pose this question to some, some Minnesota Fofs, and this is what he said. Lukaku is going to absolutely destroy any club that is under 6th, 7th place and still will get knocked in against top tier teams. But also, Ronaldo did outperform him on a lesser Italian team last year. Maybe he can do it for a lesser English team, too. Ooh, so, wow. Some, some Fof chirpage going on. Lukaku, that, that's my vote. Luka, yeah, I'm not that confident in it. But if Lukaku finishes the season with less than or equal to goals as Ronaldo, I'll cut off my pinky. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's and you heard it here first. And that's if we set it on the pod, it's a promise. It's the pinky bet. You're bringing, yeah. a, you're, bringing you're making a thing here. Yeah. Okay. Just like the Texans. Pinky toe, though. I want you off balance all the time. <laughs> you already keep me off balance, man. Speaking, yeah, keep keeping us off balance. I see the Twitter bot. I'll keep you off balance. What does I see the Twitter bot have for us today? Uh, Cavani has given up number seven to Ronaldo. That's not really. Incredible news. Wow, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that either. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, Cavani gave up his his number wow. to Ronaldo. Oh, wait, wow. Here's some Willian news. Computing. Computing. Bayern Munich have reached an agreement with RB Leipzig for the 16 million, do- million euro signing of Marcel Sabitzer. He actually had a great Euro 2020, so... Quality, um, I just saw this thing. Birmingham are in talks with Watford over the signing of Troy Deeney. I would do that. Uh, oh, my goodness. Where did this go? Deal done. Oh, no. Screw that. I see the Twitter bot is on like iOS 11.4. <laughs> like if we update your system, you're going to be firing these off. Oh, wow. Here we go. William has stunned Arsenal directors by agreeing to tear up his 240,000 pound per week contract. The Brazilian still has two years left on his deal, saving the club over 24 million pounds. What a good 
Former Chelsea star is set to join the Brazilian side Corinthians on a deal worth 70% less than his current one. Man's just trying to be happy. Just trying to make decisions that make him happy. Thank you. I see the Twitter bot. We'll we'll wrap up. We'll do a quick recap and a quick look ahead. Even though they're two meaty topics, the look ahead will focus on in a future app for sure since the Champions League, spoiler alert, kicks off in two weeks. So mark your calendars. That's exciting. The recap, MLS Rivalry Week. We touched on the first half of it last episode. This past weekend or this weekend that we're recording, we saw the El Trafico and LA finish 3-3 between LAFC and LA Galaxy. And that was a, a hell of a game with a great goal from a LAFC midfielder whose whose name I'm blanking on, but I will grab Brian Rodriguez. Really electric goal. So if you haven't watched that highlight, find that. Nashville beat Atlanta United 2-0. In Florida, Orlando City and Inter-Miami finished tied 0-0. Chicago got a big win, 1-0 over the New York Red Bulls. Oh, yeah. And DC United beat Philadelphia 3-1. So those were just some of the results from MLS Rivalry Week, which got a lot of buzz. Loved following Eli Lesser, who we've had on the pod this week in MLS on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and everything. He's been going to a lot of games, meeting up with fans. All that kind of stuff is just fun to see around the MLS in the U.S. Go U.S. They were, uh, they were just talking about the contracts. I thought this, this was interesting. And, and maybe it was a thing that's been instituted for a while, but it seemed like they the way they had talked about it, it was more recently instituted. Maybe not. Um, how the MLS now has a mandate or has had this mandate. I wouldn't be surprised if they've had this for like years now, but again, it was talked about that, that there's like a new initiative to sign people who are like U22 or U23, something like that. Um, and so they were just highlighting this player on one of the teams we were watching um, who was from like uh, Bosnia, perhaps. Was that? Yeah, that guy, Javelic, Javelic. Um uh, for like four million from wherever club he was prior, and I thought that was awesome because that's exactly what the league's trying to go for. They they are trying to be that that feeder league that's bringing in young, promising talent, and then they sell it off for bigger money, and that's how they just start to grow and become more renowned. MLS deaf making moves for show, and the UCL draw. We've got a bunch of groups. I'm not going to read off because we will get into the Champions League more heavy duty. Gorilla duct tape at your local Home Depot next episode. But for now, Group A, sponsored by Home Depot. (laughs) We've got Man City, kind of like your everyday (laughs) vacuum. And we've got PSG. Oh, it was a drill bit. And and PSG. How, How do you make a hammer noise? Hammer, hammer, hammer. Like the top of the line fridge. <laughs> yeah, Man City and PSG, as well as RB Leipzig in Group A, which is a spicy one. And the other group competing for most competitive, difficult group, I think most folks would argue is Group B, or most folks did argue because we, we threw it up on our story on Instagram. Group B, we have AC Milan, Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, and Porto. Yeah, would not want to be a fan of a team in that group. Thanks, Jones. No, they'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's funny. You and all Liverpool fans, I feel like I've asked these type of things, like, "Hey, you worried about this or that?" That they've been very curt. They've been like, "Nah, not an issue. We're good." And I'm like, "All right, cool. I like the confidence. I like that you're feeling good about it." 
and then they get smacked. They haven't, but you're saying they haven't been, they haven't been Doug. They've been Kurt. They've been Kurt. Okay. Very, yeah, nice. Very Kurt. Liverpool, so Icy's feeling chill. You're feeling good about Liverpool in Group B. Beep, boop, bop, beep, 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 boop, beep. Twitter, Max, is uh, now taking stream. Uh, Kurt Zuma, speaking of Kurt, just signed with West Ham till 2025. Kurt Zuma. He's quick. He's quick. He's fast. He's faster than you like, Kurt Zuma. Zoom. That's the that's the West Ham champ for Zuma. him. Zuma. 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 <laughs> More Champions League to come. And that is it for now. Thanks for sticking with us and keep stretching. Maybe go back and listen to that part again if you feel like you need to. We know it's helpful. We know we're instructive, supportive, and we know we'll hear you back and be back with you next week. Elaborate handshake. See you next week. Eli brought up an interesting point about something that's missing in the the lime to drink game is how do you get that lime out after it's been soaking in all them good beer juices and you want to just suckle on that? How do you get that out? There's no there's no utensil for that.